What is up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast with my co-host, Evan Damerl, on today's show. It's all about the numbers that explain Evan Mobley's sensational rookie season. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. All right, the music you heard on the way in, at least in audio form, is from Astro Radio. Check them out on Apple Music or Spotify. And we want to thank Drop you for making track, Lockdown Cash. It's uh, Factory Flame by Astro Radio. Go check them out. Yeah. Thank you, for, by the way, for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button. I'm Chris Manning, covering the Cavs and the NBA for places like Diamond Up Rocks and Estimations for the Sword. Evan is over at Facebook's Right Then Nuka primarily as well as for the sword and some other places. Evan, what's up, buddy? How are you? Not a whole lot, man. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, we're recording these episodes back to back. Sorry to spoil the magic for you guys, but I mean, we're, I'm wearing the same shirt and hat, so I kind of figure people. If you're listening on audio, the magic's ruined. I'm sorry. Um, I was thinking about how the Browns signed a power forward this afternoon, and how if it was a different Cleveland team, the one we cover. We would be flabbergasted right now just to waste another roster space on a big man. But I'm good, all things considered. I'm getting hydrated, you know, just getting my grind on at the gym. But all things considered, like I keep saying, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Let's talk about some numbers. Let's talk about Evan Mobley. So, Evan, defensive, uh, what we're going to do, segment one, is going to be what defensive plus minus from dunks and threes, how he, how in that number compares him to uh, not only some of the best defenders in the league, but also his rookie class. Segment two, Mobley's numbers without Jared Allen. And segment three, uh, Mobley's effective field goal percentage and some of his shooting numbers and what they tell us about his offensive game. By the way, we're doing a mailbag later in the week on Evan Mobley, so if you have questions, drop them uh, to LockdownCavs at gmail.com or tweet us at LockdownCavs. That's right, it's a double M. Uh, and we'll, we'll do that. So, Evan, defensive plus minus... He's plus 2.3, which is in the top 4% of players. That's really good. That's absurd. Here's some of the bigs that have similar numbers to him. Jaron Jackson Jr., a rightful member of the uh, of an all-defensive team and uh, should be at least and like a defensive player of the year candidate, plus 2.5. Robert Williams, the, the third, a.k.a. Time Lord, plus 2.3. Al Horford, plus 2.3. Joel Embiid, ever heard of him, plus 2.0. There are some other guys in that range. All of that stuff. It is crazy that Evan Mobley, like, again, this is not, like, a one-for-one measure of this guy is thus better at this guy, the defense, all that stuff. But in terms of rough impact, in terms of what this says about where he already is, for him to be in in that category as a rookie is, is bananas. Yeah, it really is, especially considering the caliber of the players he's kind of grouped with. I know Al Horford is past his prime. But he's still a high-impact defensive player for Boston. But Robert Williams the third is really, really, really fucking good for his team. Joel Embiid is obviously incredible. He's an MVP candidate. Like, that's rare air to be in. Jaron Jackson Jr. is, at least in game one, tearing things up in the Western Conference semis like alongside John Morant. Or, like, you can kind of see maybe, yes, Darius Garland isn't the same player as John Morant physicality-wise. But, like, you could see 
the lethality of having like two all-star or at least star caliber one-two punches in the league like you do Memphis if you're Cleveland, but he's just, Evan Mobley's really good. Like I know we keep saying this a lot. I know we keep trying to spin this as many different ways as possible, but the fact that he's this high is crazy. You, you hope it's sustainable heading into his sophomore season and beyond, but I, I have a good feeling it will be just because of how consistent he was on a night-to-night basis just in terms of overall impact on the floor. But Chris, do you think it's far-fetched for me to say that he could be the first Cavs player to win a Defensive Player of the Year trophy? No, I, I think I think he's on a, on his way. Like here are the bigs that were that were that that played. I would say substantial minutes that are better than him in this category. Draymond Green, who might be the best defensive player in in the league right now. Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, not bad. Bam pretty Adebayo, good. pretty good. Bam Adebayo, pretty fucking good. Jaron Jackson Jr., who we already mentioned, Robert Williams, and then uh, we'll mention his name because he's uh, an All Star, uh, Anthony Davis. Those are the and him and Anthony Davis have the same defensive estimated plus minus. By the way, Ricky Rubio tied with uh, Evan Mobley in defensive plus minus as well. But like that is the class he is in. The and and this is the like his rookie season in terms of his versatility, in terms of I think his impact, in terms of the way he impacts the game. Like this is a defensive player of the year all defense trajectory for Evan Mobley. I I think that's like evidently clear if you watch the tape, you look at the numbers, you consider the full like everything he did this is a guy that is on he is on that track if he continues developing he you know continues to get better you know as he gets to 21 22 23 he is on that trajectory to be a guy that should contend for defensive player of the year that should make all defense teams like he is on his way to being like it is not crazy like if there was a if bet online our friends at bet online had a future on like hey he's whatever to win like defensive player of the year at some point in his career that that's something that i would like consider like not an unreasonable thing to throw somebody down on no not not not, no not at all and i'm just gonna ask you this is this is definitely like a super liberal question and definitely just you can't predict the future you do not have a crystal ball on your desk despite the many things you have on your shelf and in front of you i mean you you don't know you do you can't see the full room that's fair but i've seen plenty of pictures and videos of it and how your wife wishes you would clean it up more but we cleaned it. The, we did this really clean this weekend. It's doing great. Don't help domestic, me. Don't help. Domestic, don't. domestic bliss. But either way, that's right. What would you say Evan Mobley needs to do to kind of get into that? To, to firmly get into that like stratosphere of like, okay, this guy is a perennial defensive player of the year. This guy is a perennial all defensive candidate. Like he is going to make his bread and butter on what he does defensively, and he also isn't going to cry when he doesn't make an All Star team because of it. <laughs> okay, we don't need to take shots, Drew to go bear. Um, I I think consistency. I think number one is just like you prove you can do this year over year over year. I think that that gets you somewhere, right? Like I think if you're a guy who can do this over time, like that can get you somewhere. Um, I think his steal rate and and forcing turnovers is a thing. Like it's a little flashy, but like he had a a pretty low steal percentage last year um, relative to, to position, like uh, below average. Blocks a lot of shots relative even relative to his position, but. Uh, certainly, I think could force some more turnovers in as far as seal goes. I, I really think it's just like if he continues to add little things to what he does, like maybe it's more steals, as I said. Maybe it's 
you know, the switching gets highlighted in a different way. Like, there's just, I think it's just, like, really incremental improvement that could, that could get him there. Um, the other thing I think that hammers this home is just, like, let's compare him to other rookies and, and other, other bigs. So, just to, the, like, the film tells you this already. There's only two rookies this year that had, like, insane defensive impact, in it, like, in terms of what the numbers say about their, their defensive quality. It's him and Herb Jones, not on Herb. I love Herb Jones. Um, every, every Twitter's member's, like, favorite, like, pick right now. Those are the two guys that have, like, really positive defensive impact in terms of the expected plus minus. On and, and no disrespect to Herb Jones, who is awesome for the Pelicans, but there's a certain limit to where Herb Jones's defensive game will take him. I think that's fair to say. Uh, like, where Mobley well, is just... I don't know. Herb's a uh, bit more of a refined uh, player coming out of Alabama than Evan Mobley was coming out of Southern Cal. Yeah, he also might still just—he's absurd. Um, here's he here's just some other uh, rookie. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, I'm just—I yeah. wonder if maybe like he falls into a certain niche or category where you're like, okay, this is who he is as a player. There's certain things he obviously can add to refine his game and make him better and more efficient on both ends of the floor, but. Mobley's potential just feels like it's completely untapped still. Like, it feels like they're only just breaking the surface on it. Yeah, it's fair. Okay, so the other rookies in this class, uh, Sangoon, Alperin Sangoon from Houston Rockets, negative 0.8 in, in this rating. Scotty Barnes was dead even. Indiana's Isaiah Jackson was uh, minus 0.9. Jeremiah O. Robinson was minus 0.4. You go down the list. There's not really rookies that have that measure out in terms of the metrics of having this crazy of a defensive impact. And I think when you're th- we're thinking about Mobley, we're thinking about what he was, where he's going. The baseline he has set in terms of every way you want to measure it is like very very high. It is the ceiling is the roof. Like that is where Mobley is at defensively. And I I think we should be considering this rookie season just like. Uh, massively impressive. After the break, we're going to get into what he was without Jared Allen. Who, if, there, if you want to nitpick him a little bit and say, oh, he played with Jared Allen as a rookie, that certainly boosted him. I think that's true. There's also some interesting, what, what the numbers kind of say and about how little we know about him without Allen is kind of interesting, so we'll talk about that after the break. But Evan is first going to tell everyone about our price picks. Price picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for daily fantasy option in the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and I love it, and me and Chris both will know you love it too. So, if you're in Ohio like me, I just drive over the state border of Pennsylvania and pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Price Picks offers a variety of options, and Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. They even allow mixed sports entries, and that's just what I'm about to light into because they just don't have the NBA. They have options on college hoops, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and so much more. So, if you're interested for a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Users who sign up today get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer available for Locked On Cavs listeners and fans everywhere. Sign up today and use code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. All right, back here on the Lockdown Cavs podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Now, 
Make sure and go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board Show. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Evan, I, I want to ask you this before I we, we dive into it. When I say Evan Mobley without Jared Allen, what what words what words come to mind? What kind of word association are you playing when I when I say that? Overwhelmed. I are we just doing single word association or can I? Well, I mean, you you take it you you take it wherever you want. This is this is so a free range, overwhelmed free is just kind of where I'm going because you notice this especially down the second half of the season at times where. Mobley was being asked to do so much for the Cavs that it's you saw a little bit of the cracks defensively at times where you're like, but they're not like fault line cracks where like you have to completely tear this down and rebuild. They're just things you can maybe glaze over and just help refine and rebuild as you add muscle to his frame or add maybe some extra support a la maybe more reliable backup defensive big than Moses Brown on the floor. Um, there's some avenues for the Cavs, but if they didn't have Jared Allen, I think they would be solid defensively, but I don't think they would be in that elite category like we talked about on the first episode this week where they went from 26th to, or sorry, yeah, 26th 26. to 25th to 6th to yeah. to in the league, which is a 19-point jump, 26th. 19 position jump, not point jump. 19 position jump in defensive rating in the league, which is not possible if you don't have Mobley and Allen. I think it's not possible if you just have Mobley. I don't think it's possible if you have just Allen. You need both of those together to make it work. And I think, yeah, Mobley is covered a little bit at times by Allen defensively, but I think it's just that added luxury of letting him be free on defense that makes him better. And as a positive... It also made this three-big lineup work, which you and I thought was just a fad. And it's kind of Cleveland's bread-and-butter identity going forward, too. So I think if you don't have Mobley there, you don't really have the crux of what you are as a team this season. I quibble if the three-big thing is a thing going forward. Oh, like if they get like a rotation-caliber wing, like even if they draft a, a, a Baji from Kansas, like he may not even start in Isaac Okoro clearly isn't like a penciled in starter either. So like they, if they find a rotation wing, yes, this changes. I mean, the identity is Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and Darius Garland. You figure out how to to go from there. Um, mm-hmm. So for the so in Evan Mobley without Jared Allen played two thousand four hundred sixty five possessions according to Clean the Glass, minus zero point two per hundred possessions in those minutes. The defense uh, gave up 112.6 points per 100. Offensively scored 112.5. So, like, defensively, like, really pretty solid in terms of everything. Like, for the year, that would be, like, a pretty good defensive rating. You'd be happy with that in a lot of ways. It's it's pretty close to average. Offensively kind of lacking. The thing about it is that there are very few consistent lineups amid that sample. So Garland, Lavert, Okoro, Market, and Mobley is the most common of those lineups. They played 169 possessions. Garland, Okoro, Stevens, Market, and Mobley played 140 possessions together. That's the second most. No other lineup of that threshold crossed 100. Interestingly, the 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 both of those lineups I just laid out were above 10 points better per 100 possessions. And uh, the the second one with Okoro, Stevens, Market, and Mobley and Garland had a defensive rating of 110 even, which is 
crazy. Um, that's really good. Like I, I think Mobley at the five is also just something that just because of the lack of seeing it in a massive sample, the lack of seeing it in a situation where we can fully have seen it with maybe like consistency with different guys he's playing with and stuff. That's what holds me back from feeling good. I think the early stuff is encouraging and it's something that I think as they go forward, like it's going to be really important to see like if the Cavs are going to take a step in year two, I don't know if this is like a top three thing that matters to their acceleration of what this is. It's going to matter for them taking a step forward in year two that they can be really, really successful with Mobley as the five and, and play that way. It's their, it's kind of their cleanest way to playing like five out to some degree. And that, that, that assumes Mobley can shoot and whatever, but like him at the five is their cleanest way of, of playing quote unquote small ball. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think it also mitigates the need to maybe grab a backup big, whether it's the free agency, whether it's through your you shouldn't rounders. You, you shouldn't spend like real money on it, at least. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, where you don't use part of your mid-level exception, you can commit the full mid-level to getting Tyrus Garland a proper backup, or you round up your wing depth doing that, or you make your focus in the offseason. Let's support this big three we've assembled of Garland, Mobley, and Allen by adding shooting, length, athleticism to complement them defensively and offensively, where you don't have to commit, like you said, actual resources to backing up Allen. And I also think it just gives the Cavs such an interesting wrinkle because, like you said, if he is more of a reliable shooter heading into Season 2, even if it's not at like an insane rate where he's taking like five six threes a game like you don't want that because that's not what he's fully comfortable with at this time but if he's able to show that potential where teams have to respect him as a three-point threat so if like a team left him wide open he still can hurt them for it that acts and creates a lot of unique offensive opportunities for the Cavs where they can explore a lot of fun things just in terms of their lineups in general like let's say they did take Adbaji where they could go Garland Adbaji market and love Mobley if they really are determined to like stick with going big like that like that's four shooters right now and then Mobley shooting that's five you can play true five out ball and really let Darius Garland thrive in that scenario too where he has like so many options in the pick and roll pick and pop where like the Cavs could really hit a new level offensively that you necessarily just didn't see from them at all this season where like yes they were solid at times offensively but like you could take themselves to the next stratosphere as well and also, it's just the same thought process, too, where even if they aren't going small, if Mobley is more of a three-point threat and at least a respectable one, it makes Jared Allen's life a lot easier because it drags defenders out of the paint. It makes Isaac Okoro's life easier because it drags defenders out of the paint and allows him to cut easier, and Chris can scare the bejesus out of me in the press box at the same time. Ditto for Sexton, ditto for Lafert, even for Garland as well, who can get easier looks and maybe draw contact at the attacking the basket as well and getting the free throw line which if you're a regular listener um and check it out if you haven't we talked about it like maybe things Darius can do to improve his game but there's the potential there and the building blocks there it's just how does he build it out and what were his kind of his assignments heading into this offseason like do the Cavs want him to round out his offensive game more or do they want him to really tap into saying hey we really want you to get comfortable defending fives because we're not going to go sign a big man in free agency or get somebody through the draft. And they may maybe more so asking to do that. And then the shooting comes later or and I punch my mic, but either way, it's just, there's different avenues the Cavs could take with Mobley and ditto for the player, Mobley, the player as well. Uh, number one, you made it two thirds of the way through and almost, we didn't almost hit that bingo card. It's like the safest one we could have hit. You almost got there. I know. Secondly, I know. 
uh, did you see the clip uh, that his trainer uh, posted of the specifically describing getting open weak side three pointers off of strong side pick and roll action? And I was like, huh, huh. This is the shot Evan Moby will take when they run Darius Garland, Jared Allen pick and rolls. Huh. Yeah, I think he was I like, heard the, that. The first clue. It makes you think. You're like, ooh, that'd be fun if that could actually be a thing. But it just depends on what his assignments and what he's asked to work well, on what he, what, and what he like what he wants. I don't feel like we know like what, what Evan he wants Moby, to like, do, too. Like, you know, what you know if he like, says, like, well, I don't want to be, like, forced into the corner <laughs> because Darius and um, – well, like specifically, the shot sure, was like an above of... the up the the clip. The clip was like the abo- was like an above the break three, which is like the you put your eyebrows up and stare at that a little bit. But it's like you do you remember how it was like with Anthony Davis? There's all this like chatter of like he doesn't want to play the five, like and stuff. Like we don't, I don't think know like what Mobley like feels about like what his like optimal position is. And that's at just, least like, publicly, he's made it known that yeah. he doesn't care. But like he's not. Yeah, gonna but rock I the mean. Boat. There, there's a windy nugget before the draft that, like in the when he wrote the Allen story um, in the fall when they when the Cavs were playing really well and everything was kind of humming along, he had said like Mobley's camp was like he didn't know how they would fit together and when they gave out that contract and stuff. So like there, there's let's just mon- let's we'll monitor this going forward. I think them separated is obviously not like the plan, but I think them finding success when Mobley's at the five and when Allen is there without Mobley, those finding success in those lineups will be key. It's just, again, yeah. like the, the, the numbers from year one with this are so, I have no idea what to make of them because they're, it's like seven per, like the most common lineup was one that didn't happen until like necessity at the end of the year. And it was like 7% of like all the possessions with, with Mobley and no Allen. So it's just like very hard to understand what that is. All right. After the break, we're going to get into Evan Mobley's um, really one weakness as a rookie, and that's how effective he was at putting the basket, the ball in the basket. But first, going to tell everyone about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. For instance, Bet Online has the Heat as minus 355 favorites over the 76ers in their first round matchup, and the Suns are minus 285 favorites against the Dallas Mavericks in that Western Conference series. They'll have odds for all of the series as we go on here and deep, not just now, but into the conference finals and the NBA finals, which started like a month, and that seems a while away. Bet Online is where the game starts. Check them out today at betonline.net. All right, last segment here on Lockdown Cavs. I'm Chris. That's Evan. Evan, let's talk about Evan Mobley's offense because it's like kind of the it's it's interesting to me that in the almost hour we've been recording today and the the Monday mm-hmm. episode and then this episode we haven't talked a lot about his offense. So I want to ask you before we dive there's, into to this, there's not much. To talk yeah, what what about. do you? Well, that that this is my there's question. What do you make of him of as an offensive player as as we wrap up as rookies? So so what do you make of him as an offensive player right now? Is what I'm trying to ask you. I mean, yeah, like I said, the potential is exciting and enticing in terms of playmaking, shooting, attacking the basket, like just different ways he can impact the game. But right now, it's he's effective at what he does, but I think the Cavs are asking more of him defensively than they are offensively. And I think when you, at least when the team was more healthy, had Garland, Sexton, Rubio, after Sexton and Rubio went down, you have Garland, Allen, Lavert, like you're asking Mobley to maybe be the fourth fiddle 
offensively at times, and I think that kind of gave yeah. him the luxury of not having to worry too much about his offensive game. And just with how efficient and effective he was, like most things with his game, it gives you a good like base camp to kind of build off of, and then you just watch where it goes because that's where the potential of things and the excitement comes into play. But kind of just a quiet season offensively, but again, the Cavs are asking to make more of an impact defensively, so he's expending more energy on that side of the ball. Yeah, I, I also just think it's fair to just look at him and say this is a guy that hasn't like figured out how to be like an effective offensive player yet. There's obviously a lot of potential there. Like I don't know if you saw the clip of him from like playing in like a high school game or something, uh, the the Euro step he hit where he like covered mm-hmm. all the ground from the the corner to the rim in like two steps and you're like, Holy hell. Um yeah, this is like a, cool. a one of one a one of one bendy body. But you look at so you just look at like the numbers of the theme of this episode looking at the numbers of this um last year his effective field goal percentage 52.3 percent that's 24th percentile of bigs this is again this tells you like how good he was defensively that despite him not being that particularly good at scoring he was like an incredibly essential player to the cleveland cavaliers so to dive in a little bit further um shot 73 percent at the rim which is uh, above average for for bigs but only took 46% of his shots there, which is below average for bigs. Uh, he has a weird habit of, he takes he took a lot of long mid-range shots. So last year, 38% of long mid, which is in the 60 percentile. It's not good, but that's like a high percentage uh, in terms of actually making them. But it was in the 80, top 15% of bigs of taking those long mid-range shots. Also just had really kind of struggled to, to shoot in that short mid, that four to 14 foot range. Uh, 38% in the short mid, which is uh, near the which is uh, 36th percentile and 34% of his shots come there, which is near the top percent. So he took a lot of shots in that short mid, did make a lot of them, which is which is not great for a big. So twice an episode, unbelievable. So where Mobley is shooting for me, I think we will see how he gets pushed towards the rim, more towards that short mid, and we'll see what the three point shot kind of looks at as we go forward. It's just like how this gets figured out is interesting because of the Jared Allen of it all because of what Mobley's offensive potential is as a, as a passer, as a guy that can play with the ball in his hands a little bit and, and you know get downhill and get off floaters and dunks and, and some pull-ups with his frame. This is just like the thing where like how he rounds out his offensive game and kind of takes that step forward on offense. It's probably, I think, pretty clearly, it to me, it is very clearly the thing about year two that, that we should think about the most in terms of where he's going. Yeah, I think... Yes and no, because I wonder what he's going to be like defensively as well. Like, what is he going to add if his game is? He it's it's be just more? like he's. It's just like he's already so good on that end, and if like he is going to take That's a fair. step forward, there's stuff. There's just like the measurable impact in terms of like what would make the Cavs a better team, and going from being like kind of like an eh offensive team with like a good defense to being a more balanced, I think roster. Like I, I don't see an like getting back Sexton will help, and like maybe Lavert is better with the full off season and health and all that stuff. The most logical plays we can look at and say, hey, if a big leap happens on offense here that's going to help the team improve on offense, it's kind of got to come from Evan Mobley, I think. Yeah, I, I think it does need to come from him. It also depends on maybe who you bring in in free agency, who you bring in through the draft as well, just because there are different variables at play there too. But I think with him just becoming more comfortable with like finding his shots, finding his spots where he's more comfortable. Again, I think having an all-star elite 
point guard and Darius Garland paired next to him has made his life so much easier. I was curious when you were sharing those numbers how many of those baskets just came off of an assist because I wonder if maybe there are scenarios Ooh, where a good th- he could become a I bit will- of a not a full-time shot creator obviously but there's times where like maybe the Cavs like let him initiate offensive sets or let him be like the key fulcrum like he was at times but his passing options are kind of smothered by the defense and he's like okay i can take this shot i can take a mid-range jumper like you kind of pointed out like whether it's at the post or it's at the hot top of the key like there's certain scenarios where mobley maybe just having a little bit more of a reliable shot and i think becoming a more reliable free throw shooter is paramount too like that's my other big gripe with him offensively is he left a lot of freebies at the line this season because he is going to get fouled a lot more because especially if the Cavs ask him to play more five, like he's going to be met with more physicality at that spot. And if he gets to the line more often, if that's a more reliable part of his game, that's just going to make things so much easier for both him and the Cavs, especially like down the stretch of the season. Yeah, 60, 66% on free throws is 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 tough. Um, maybe that, and then maybe it leads to some skepticism about his shot. Like typically free throw percentage can correlate to the three point shot. We'll see how that kind of looks in year two. So six, Evan, 67 of Mobley's shots, uh, and his made field goals were assisted. So that's in the top 24, 25% of all bigs. Interestingly, 71% of his shots at the rim, um, are, are assisted. That's in the bottom, like bottom like 75 percent or so that's of interesting picks, which it tell that just tells me that like jared allen is getting all of the lobs and that garland and and garland and mobley didn't quite have that like same lob connection but it's also lob lob connection would be a good like free idea to someone and nah, i'm not going to say that yet but it, there's a lot lob, lob connection love connection kind of thing kind of going there kind of like that but you you have a guy that I think is not getting those like rim attempts. So it's like, how does this work? And I, I think I honestly, when I was watching Giannis play the, the, the Celtics, I was watching Giannis like destroy the wall. Yeah. And I kind of want to see Mobley try to like destroy it. Like if he could have the handle, have the speed, have the, the, the nimbleness to kind of do some of that from the elbow and like maybe create it looks out of there and like find Allen, find the shooters. Like that's, that to me is like a template that I would kind of want to see because I, I do think if we got to the playoffs and we saw that, what opposing teams would do would be to probably wall up Mobley a little bit. That might be a thing you would see. That would be like the first thing I would suspect they would try and, and see how we respond to it. And like he's going to have to figure that out going forward, I would suspect. Which dragon of Daenerys's do the White Walkers use to finally break down the wall? You're asking me to remember plot specific plot points of was the it Rhaegal uh, or Viserys Viserion? It's Viserion. I think Viserion. Yeah, it is Viserion. Yeah. I think Rhaegal is killed by. Uh, you're 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 the one watching. I'm doing the rewatch and with my SO, and I'm biting my tongue through all the bullshit. Cause we're about to hit it. We're just watching Tyrion Lannister go from the most clever man in Westeros to the dumbest. Anyways. I think if the like you said, breaking down the wall just made me think of that because we're about to hit that point. But um, if Mobley kind of gets that Giannis level, like H not HGH, but like just glow up plan where he just becomes an absolute monster, <laughs> yeah. muscle wise. Let's 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 that be just clear. The not performance. Not per- not performance enhancers. And even it doesn't obviously like Giannis is the best player in the world in my opinion right now. Like and it's kind of clear. Yeah. 
we're not, I'm not saying Mobley needs to get to that explicitly because that is like an insanely high bar. But like that is the model to kind of like make it work playing with another big, make it work kind of navigating this stuff without a really consistent pull up shot, and also just like I think taking and having the specter of that he's going to take some of these shots and like make the pull up from 18 feet, make the the occasional pull up three. That will also loosen some things up. I I think. Um, look, I also just I there I would be curious to see like if more so defensive tweaks and there will be some obviously because that's just how this works what offensive tweaks they make to maybe to try to get him different looks because like he's basically taking a lot of the shots you don't want players to take is kind of like the thing that i wonder if they try to tweak where he's getting his looks in, in year two mm-hmm. and like what and what where he kind of looks to get as well and just how he creates his own like there's there's just this is to me like very clearly like the, the, when I've looked at this and looked at some other stuff and started like try, trying to not look ahead to next year fully because I don't want to do that to myself yet because I just I, I want to have I want to have I want to have time. This is the thing that I think will swing the season in a lot of ways and like what will swing where Mobley is in year two. I really really believe that what his offense looks like is the thing that we got to look at as year two goes along and we'll I'm sure do a preview of of Mobley's offense come come the fall, which is both really soon and, and a long, long way away. I don't want to think about how close it is. I, I want to enjoy the fact that it's only May. Um, oh God, it is almost summer, though, and it's fall comes soon after. If you're a preschooler, you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm intrigued to see. I, 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 agree I, don't, with know you, we like, have, I don't know if we have any preschoolers on, on the pod, though. Listen to the pod. Do, we, do you think we Yeah, um, maybe they're just listening to the backseat as their parents drop them off at school or something. But either yeah. way... Um, I, I, I do agree with that assessment that the way the Cavs kind of function next season is just the, they'll go where Evan Mobley takes them offensively because I think they have their superstar in Darius Garland. They have like their tried and true pick and roll between him and Allen and just, you know, having shooters on the edge definitely helps too. But like Mobley being the X factor is fun and I feel comfortable in betting that he will probably level up in not a you know I'll say it a substantial way that really does benefit the Cavs on both ends of the floor. Can't wait to see it. the the video clip that his trainer uh, posted uh, got me raised some eyes like got got me curious to see like what what other kind of little snippets we get because you're absolutely not seeing him play in summer league. That's absolutely not happening. There's no need for it. But the little snippets we get of workout stuff from Mobley this summer. Uh, should be should be fun currency, I think, as we go here. Yeah, yeah. Also, also big. Also, this also over the weekend, see Darius Garland tweeting about going to want to see an MLS game in, in Nashville. So, big big weekend for for social Cavs content, Evan. Yeah, it really was. As somebody who tried to stay off social entirely because he got yelled at for what things he was tweeting as a joke on the podcast account. It was the new intern we hired, man. I just can't control him. Yeah, his name's Evan Damerel, and you're the intern. Except you're not an intern. I say I'm paid, so I'm not an intern. Um, no, it's Finnegan the Cat, the chaotic destroyer. <sighs> no, no, he's... Homie that's can't a, barely that's a, that's operate a, a phone. He can barely feed himself some days. He can barely clean himself. Asking to run a social media account for a podcasting. The number one Cleveland Cavaliers podcast is a, is a tough at least task. At least daily Cleveland Cavaliers. But, you know, we're just... It's a, it's a communal effort here. But... Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about where Mobley goes from here. Uh, that's obviously going to focus a lot on his offense. Uh, we're going to talk about, I think, his shooting. There, there's going to be some fun stuff in that one. Until then, I'm Chris. That's Evan. Be well. And uh, if you want to go check and listen, check, go check out Lockdown NBA wherever you're listening to Lockdown Cavs right now. Peace.